Well, good morning and welcome to Southwest Church of Christ this morning. If you're, whether you're here in person or online, uh, we're glad you joined us for Recovery Sunday. Uh, being the recovery minister here um, is uh, it's a new role and uh, it's kind of moving and shaking. There's a lot of things that are going on and we'll talk about some of those. Um, I'm also a facility manager here and so uh, depending on which time you see me, I may have a different hat on. Just like this morning, we had the bathroom stop up and uh, juggling different things and trying to get ready. But it kept me busy enough that I didn't have to worry about being up here too much. So um, I'm not going to move around as much as Brad did. I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert. Uh, I'm not quite as uh, enthusiastic when I talk, so uh, it's not going to be quite as loud and, and fun. Um, but I'm going to do my best. So... <clears throat> Uh, so every year I get up here and I talk on Recovery Sunday, which is in September, uh, about what the recovery ministry is, uh, what we're doing, uh, what we can do for you, and what you can do for us. Um, and since uh, last year at this time, we have a lot of new faces. There's actually a lot more people in here because we wouldn't let very many people in uh, every other row, and, and people were watching from home more, uh, so I'm a little bit more nervous. Uh, and so we also have uh, lots of new folks that have come and joined our uh, membership since then. And uh, all of you, Brian, uh, Doyle gave us a good refresher of how we got here um, when the elders were discerning and trying to figure out where this church was going to move. They decided the recovery community was one of those areas. Um, what he didn't say is that uh, that was three years ago. What he didn't say was that uh, five years before that, they started being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to other people that were already members here uh, who were struggling with addiction. Uh, primarily uh, me is the one that I'm, I'm acutely aware of. Uh, they were uh, there at a time for us when we were struggling in my active addiction for my family and for me and walked, through us, uh, walked with us through that uh, in some very profound ways, ways that changed my life, changed my faith and uh, my, my wife and my uh, kids' lives as well. Um, so... Uh, they started making these moves three years ago to uh, be intentional about what they can do for the Amarillo recovery community at large. Uh, this decision was a catalyst that led to all of the recovery-related things that we have here. And I'm going to try to list them all and not leave one off. Uh, that includes the RISE ministry. RISE stands for Recovery Intersecting Spiritual Experience. Uh, we believe that there is no way to separate our recovery and our spiritual walk. Um, and so we named it Rise. Uh, every Sunday morning, Rise has a class right back here uh, behind this wall. And it is a discussion-based class, which I prefer. I don't like to get up and monologue. I'd rather have a discussion uh, about something that I know about, right? Um, and so we'll have a discussion about Jesus, about uh, spiritual maturity, uh, about various uh, spiritual aspects. And we have that uh, every Sunday morning at 930 uh, during the week, we have Narcotics Anonymous meetings, uh, like Doyle mentioned, at noon, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, we also have Naranon family groups. Now, this group is uh, not for people who struggle with addiction. It's for family and friends of those that struggle with addiction. Uh, there's a very specific role uh, that the family plays uh, in their loved one's addiction. Um, and that can be helpful or it can be very harmful uh, in that relationship. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a little bit as well. Um, then we have Celebrate Recovery every Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, we meet here in the building, again, in the same room, which used to be the Sunrise Cafe. Now it is the Rise Room. 
Um, and we meet from about 6.30 till around 8.15. Uh, we do some worship. Uh, we do uh, a study over a, a recovery uh, principle. And uh, then we split up into share groups. Let's see. On Sundays, we have uh, spiritual time at Cinecore. Cinecore is our local uh, inpatient rehabilitation facility. And uh, we go there every Sunday at 1.15. And uh, we do a spiritual time uh, with the folks that are enrolled in their program. Uh, and I'll have more on that here in just a little bit as well. Uh, and then Doyle mentioned that My Next Step operates their intensive outpatient program right here in our building. Uh, they're over here in this last hallway, and uh, they are a great resource for us uh, to be able to uh, refer people to, uh, to bounce things off of. Uh, and it's nice to have other folks that are in recovery uh, in the building to help uh, deal with some of the, uh, the issues that arise. Um, this list, that's not comprehensive, but it is uh, kind of a good overview of where we're at as far as the recovery ministry goes. Um, during the year, this last year, I probably haven't done as well at uh, informing the body, you guys, uh, exactly what's going on and what y'all can do to help, uh, what we have available for y'all. So uh, I commit to in the future and then this next year to do better at that. Uh, the theme for recovery month uh, this year is Recovery is for everyone, every person, every family, and every community. This indicates that we all have a role to play. So how is that? Because not everybody in here is an addict, right? Not everybody in here even knows somebody uh, personally that's an addict. So how can we all have a role to play? Well, uh, sitting in this room right now, there's probably somebody who... uh, is tired. Brad talked about how he was sitting over there three years ago and he was tired of living the life that he was living. There's probably somebody in here today that is feeling that way. Uh, feel like if uh, people found out the real you, then you wouldn't be welcome back. You wouldn't get to sit with those folks in that section. Um, there's probably somebody here today believing that uh, they need to get it right before they come. Perhaps they're online watching and they think, I've got to get my stuff together before I can show up and be a part of that family. There's probably somebody in this room who was raised by an addict or an alcoholic and have a very uh, skewed view of addiction or recovery uh, because of deep wounds that they received by being raised in that environment. Uh, Perhaps they were married to an addict or an alcoholic uh, and endured some abusive relationships and and the things that go along with active addiction uh, that change how you see and how you accept people who are addicts as well. Uh, There's probably people in here who have lost loved ones to the disease of addiction and are hurting and upset and sad. Um, And then again, there's probably some of you that really don't have any connection, close connection to somebody who has struggled with addiction and so you have your own ideas about addiction and what that is and addicts in general. But make no mistake, this ministry is messy It's not easy. It's not black and white. It's frustrating, it's heartbreaking, and it's difficult. In the last year, I've personally lost people to this disease. I've seen people lose their jobs, their families, custody of their children, and any hope that they have of ever being able to change. So, Doyle asked the question uh, earlier, why are we doing this on Sunday? Why is this a Sunday morning thing and not a it's a big social issue yes it's it's something that's killing unprecedented unprecedented numbers of folks 
uh, every year, more and more and more. But why Sunday morning? And it's because I believe that the solution to addiction is a spiritual one. There are things that we can all do and that we all do as Christians uh, that help uh, resolve some of these issues that, uh, that are rampant in addiction and people that struggle with that. <clears throat> it's also because I've seen God moving in my life and in the lives of other people and changing uh, their lives completely. Uh, using the very thing that was killing them and hurting their friends and family uh, to bless them and bring hope to others who are struggling with the same thing. You see, the process of recovery is less about stopping using drugs and alcohol or pornography or any other thing that you can fill into that blank and more about believing in God and turning my life and my will over to him. It's tapping into the power of God through complete surrender and allowing him to transform us. Uh, there's a quote that I like. Uh, it's in a book about the Enneagram, uh, but Richard Rohr is the uh, author. And he says, Our gift is our sins sublimated and transformed by grace. I'm going to say that again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our gift is our sins sublimated and transformed by grace. That means that God repurposes the sin in our lives, the things that are actually killing us and stealing the life from us. Uh, He takes those and he repurposes them so that the very thing that he's using to destroy us is being used for God's purpose in our lives, is blessing us and blessing those in our lives. God has taken my addiction and the hurt and the pain that was caused by it and he's transformed it into something that blesses me and my family and the people that I come into contact with that show up and that are hopeless uh, because it gives them hope that if I can change, if they hear my story and they see all of the the bad and they see that change, it gives them hope that they too can change. I'm sorry, I have my water here. It's... So everybody in here is at a different level of spiritual maturity. Uh, And that's no different than a room full of people who are addicted. Uh, Every Sunday, uh, me and Dustin, is Dustin in here? Dustin Rhodes, right back here. Uh, We have the privilege of going at 115 every Sunday to Cinecore, which is, again, the local inpatient rehab facility, and doing what they call spiritual time. Each week we facilitate this uh, conversation about spirituality. Um, Many people in attendance uh, have some form of Christian background, Um, But some have been atheist, some agnostic. Uh, There's been a few Muslim and Hindu. Uh, There's been some folks that were treated badly by church. There's been some folks that treated church pretty badly. Um, There were some that were asked not to come back to their church until they started to get it right. Uh, There's some folks that have been sexually abused. Uh, There was one young woman in particular uh, who, as a young girl, was traded by her mother to men in exchange for drugs. Uh, the, the brokenness uh, that we see in, in, in this space is, is huge. And it is something that, uh, that is pretty common to people that struggle with addiction. Um, I've also had several pastors and ministers. I've had a couple of doctors, uh, a dentist. Uh, that's the thing about addiction is that it doesn't follow uh, socioeconomic lines. It does not uh, discriminate uh, 
based on your skin color or your income level. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so when we first started going, I assume that, uh, because this is an optional, spiritual time is an optional thing for uh, those folks in, in rehab. So they don't have to show up. It's at 1.15. It's on Sunday. It's during their leisure time. Um, this time of year, it's during uh, primetime football, right? We've got 1.15. That's in the middle of football games. And so uh, I figured we might have a few people show up, but, but not a bunch. Uh, but week in and week out, to my amazement, about 99% of those folks that are in the program uh, show up. They forego their leisure time, and they show up to take part in this spiritual time that we have. Uh, despite having all of that list of things that uh, I just mentioned that would, might keep somebody from a spiritual conversation, especially a guy coming from a church to have that conversation. Uh, they continue to show up, though, and ask questions about God, faith, and spirituality. We don't have a curriculum or a lesson plan. Uh, we pretty much show up every week, and we ask them what's going on in their lives, what they're feeling, what they're struggling with spiritually. Um, we talk about some spiritual principles, some things that uh, they can do and work on during the week to start to build uh, their spirituality. Uh, last week, we talked about forgiveness. Uh, they said the week before that's what they wanted to talk about, and so that's what we did. Uh, this week, it'll probably be something different, but unless Dustin has come up with something, we, we don't have a plan. Uh, we, we go with what those folks are needing. But uh, another thing that we do when we go there is I hand out a blank piece of paper uh, to all of the, the folks in the class, and typically it's anywhere from 20 to 25 people, and uh, ask them to fill out any prayer request that they have. And initially, these folks uh, would fill out the request uh, for the people that they've harmed, like their, uh, their spouse at home that uh, is struggling with their addiction, the spouse at home who uh, is considering divorcing them because, once again, they found themselves in the uh, midst of a relapse, uh, the children that they've abandoned, and they pray for their parents that they've used and uh, abused their financial uh, uh, things that they've done for them throughout the years. Uh, they pray for uh, other people, other friends that are out in their active addiction uh, for them to come and find uh, some help as well. Very, very rarely did they pray for themselves. Did they ask God uh, for themselves uh, anything? And so I kind of amended how I uh, talk whenever I hand that out and tell them, try to put at least one thing you can to ask that you're asking God for you specifically for you and then you can add all of the other people too because we want to pray for everybody but but add yourself to the list of people that need God's help and guidance uh, and they become better at doing that now their program is a 30-day 60-day and a 90-day so uh, we're recycling people at a regular rate um, that just graduate the program not everybody graduates the program uh, they're free to leave at any point in time nobody's being held against their will. So this is a voluntary uh, uh, commitment and uh, they don't always uh, stay the whole time. Um, as, I, as I take these prayer requests, we take them when we leave every week and uh, me and Dustin and a group of other guys, uh, we pray these prayer requests during the week. Uh, and so every week we have a new set uh, that, that we pass out amongst us and we pray these prayers. Um, and let me tell you, that's, it's a humbling experience to read 
some of the brokenness in these prayers and, and plead to God on their behalf for the things that are heavy on their hearts. It gives us, it gives us a glimpse past the addiction, past the bad choices and into the person because that's who God sees. God knows who we are. He doesn't see us as our sin. He sees us as his children. And so it, that gives us a glimpse into being able to do that uh, for them as well. So it, it becomes very evident reading these prayers and uh, having these interactions every week that these folks are actively searching for God. There's an active movement towards trying to figure out who God is and what I need to do to follow him. But why are they searching? I think that there's two reasons why they're searching. Number one, uh, most programs are based on the 12 steps. And the 12 steps require a relationship with a higher power. And so they're questioning themselves. They're questioning themselves where, who God is. Who is God to me? Where is he at? What is he in my life? And they're looking to people uh, who have faith uh, to help them figure out what the answer to that question for them is. Step one says that I admit my powerlessness. I acknowledge that my life is unmanageable uh, because of drugs, substance, or whatever. Step two says that I came to believe in a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And step three says that I turned my will and life over to God as I understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for my life and the power to carry that out. And so right at the beginning, I say, I can't do this. And I've got to figure out who can. And the answer to that is God. And the second reason that they're looking for this is because their lives depend on it. This isn't uh, an over-dramatized statement that their lives depend on it. Um, there's a couple of times that I almost died in my addiction. Uh, one Sunday, I uh, showed up for uh, our spiritual time on Sunday... And about 10 minutes before I got there, uh, all the folks in the program found out that uh, two of the recent graduates that they just spent 30 and 60 days with uh, had died in their addiction. Um, That was a tough day. Uh, Obviously, that day we talked about grief, and we talked about uh, hope, and we talked about faith, and the role that faith plays as we deal with life on life's terms. Life doesn't stop happening to me. Things don't start getting easy all the time just because I quit using drugs or alcohol. I have to have a solution. I have to have a spiritual solution uh, to start to deal with those things as they start to happen. You see, uh, addiction typically ends in one of three ways. Jails, institutions, or death. Or that person finds a new way to live. And just like anything else, if, we're, if we aren't practicing regularly to deal with life on life's terms, if we're not, if we're not practicing the things that are going to help us in, in the moment of emergency or a moment of struggle, uh, we're going to go back to the, to the old ways that we used to deal with it. And if they're unhealthy, if they're not okay, then uh, we're going to be right back in the middle of it. And so in recovery, we have, this, uh, we have this analogy that we use, and we call it the 500-pound phone. Um, the 500-pound phone is how, how heavy your cell phone becomes in the moment that you're really struggling with making the decision of whether you're going to use or not. And in recovery, what we do is we work out our muscle, picking up that 500-pound phone daily and calling when things are good. 
call in folks that we trust, folks that are in the program, and we work out that muscle to bring that phone to our ear and so that when the moment comes, when we're, when we're truly uh, tempted, when we're truly struggling, when, when we have those deaths of folks that are close to us and we don't know how to deal with it, uh, that's our first reflex. And we're capable of picking up that 500-pound phone and making a call to somebody that can help us. That's no different than, than regular Christ, Christianity, right? Like if I'm not practicing the things that the Bible talks about, if I'm not using these spiritual principles uh, to build up my muscles, to put on the armor of God, I'm going to go back to doing the things that are not healthy for me, that, are, that create spiritual death inside of me if I'm not practicing those things when things are good. I want to go back where I said it, it ends in jails, institutions, or death, or they find a new way to live. Uh, let's talk about finding a new way to live. Uh, last weekend, uh, we had the fun and recovery walk. Uh, we got to go and hang out uh, with a bunch of folks in recovery at Memorial Park. Uh, this was uh, hosted by My Next Step. Uh, and there were speakers there from here in Amarillo, from Lubbock, from uh, further south, and uh, even from Indiana that came and uh, shared their experience, strength, and hope in recovery. There was food, fun, fellowship, and each speaker took the stage and shared their stories of pain, brokenness, hopelessness, followed by what their life is like now. And it was awesome because without fail, every time a speaker got up and talked, uh, they talked about how their will and their decisions led them to that hopeless, broke, hopeless and broken place and how God transformed their lives when they turned their will over to him. And now... Uh, the state of their lives is completely different, better than they could have ever imagined themselves. You see, the desperation, the hopelessness, and the addiction it brought us as addicts helps us uh, to become willing. That's a, that's a big key for recovery as well, is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. We became willing to seek God and start to practice some of the spiritual disciplines because we had tried every other way to do it, and we had failed. I can't tell you how many times I tried on my own to stop doing the things that was uh, killing me and ruining my family, and I, I couldn't do it on my own. I could put together four or five months, but, but never sustaining until I was able to turn my will and my life over to him. In the last step, the 12th step, it says that we take this spiritual journey of finding God and dealing with the wreckage of our past, uh, and that's going to result in a spiritual awakening. We're going to start helping others and practicing all of these principles that we learn, these spiritual principles, uh, in all of our affairs. In short, we experience God. Last week, Brian asked that question, have you experienced God this week? He said that using spiritual disciplines and experiencing God is an active, not a passive process. It doesn't just happen. We have to go out and do something uh, to experience God. Uh, what he described was a snapshot of recovery, and I'm going to, this is a 20,000 foot view as, as fast as I can spit it out, but uh, this is a, a snapshot of what the recovery process is and how it just falls in line uh, with what God calls us to do. We develop that belief in God. None of us came here knowing everything we know about God. We come to learn and we come to add to that knowledge. So we develop this belief in God. 
We turn our will and our life over to him. We comb through our past and invite God to heal the wounds that we've incurred along the way. We confess our wrongs to ourselves, to God, and to somebody else that we trust. We forgive those that have harmed us, and we ask for forgiveness for the things that we've done to them. Uh, We ask God to remove the character defects that we have in our lives. And then we do a daily inventory so that that stuff doesn't pile up on us again. Then we start to help other people, and we help heal them with our words and with our example so that they can go and experience God and then do the same thing themselves. That sounds a whole lot like what we do here, right? We show up, we try to find out who, who is this God that people are talking about. What, is, what does he want with me? Where does he want me to be? And then we work through and put him and infuse him into all the areas of our life so that that reflects to the people around us by example who he is. I want to go ahead and have the elders, ministers, their wives, uh, go ahead and go to their places um, around the room. And they do this so that you uh, and me have, uh, can see them, number one, and have a place to go and uh, talk about anything that you're struggling with. And while they're doing that, I'm going to recap uh, the uh, theme for this month. It is recovery is for everyone, every family, and every community. As so, what, what, do we, what do we do as individuals? As an individual, if you're struggling with addiction of any kind, help is available. We're here to assist you to find that help because, we, number one, we believe it comes directly from God, uh, but to plug you into the many resources that we have at our disposal. <clears throat> if you're not addicted but wanting to find a way that you can help, uh, we have lots of ways that you can do that as well. Uh, First being uh, Sunday morning Bible class, uh, which is right back here. This is a recovery-friendly class, but not a recovery-exclusive class. So you don't have to be in recovery. You don't have to have a history of addiction to come to this class because we're having discussions about Jesus and spirituality and discipleship and many other topics uh, that can fall in line with recovery, but that are 100% spiritual. Um, you can join us on Sunday at 115 at Cinecor. Uh, show up and share your faith with folks that are actively searching and trying to answer the question of what their faith is. Uh, celebrate recovery on Wednesdays, like I mentioned before. We meet at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Um, and there we apply the 12 steps to other things, uh, such as depression, anger, frustration, Um, because again, the steps are just a way that we build our relationship with God. Uh, we enhance the relationship that we have, uh, with Jesus and we learn different ways that we can follow him. As families, uh, we can educate ourselves and our children, uh, and the rest of our families about addiction, the truths, the myths, uh, about what addiction is and what we can do about it. Um, because just the simple education uh, goes a long way into us being able to do more uh, as families. If your family's already struggling with somebody uh, that is in active addiction, uh, we can put you in contact with a group that deals directly with what family is supposed to do when they're in that situation. Uh, We have a meeting that meets here in this building, and there's another one during the week uh, that you can attend that we can get you in contact with. 
Uh, this group talks about healthy ways uh, to cope with somebody else's addiction, develop boundaries, and be part of a community where uh, other people have experienced freedoms from the things uh, that are bothering you. Um, <clears throat> finally, is community. What can we do as community? Uh, well, this church is awesome at that. We are a love first church, right? And so that's got to be number one. We have to love first. Uh, we can collectively show those that have been alienated by church uh, that they are not alone, that God's love and mercy and grace is available to them, and that they are welcome here, just like Doyle said at the beginning. So no matter what your struggle is, God desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. His grace and his mercy are ready to transform whatever it is that's keeping you away from him. He's ready to give you the, the spiritual gift that will glorify him, bless you, and change your life for the better in a way that you could never have imagined. So, if we can help you in any way, uh, please come.